0: Welcome to the
1: Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself, as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life, and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 108 of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. We have an incredible interview lined up for you with Josh Trent of Wellness Force. And before we get into that, I want to let all of you know about my Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification Program. You can find that at HolisticHealthMastery.com. This is my baby. This is a program that I released over three years ago, I think, and it's really touched the hearts and the minds of hundreds of people around the world, and it really provides the cutting edge of living food nutrition and holistic lifestyle design And if you're interested in that kind of thing, go to the website, HolisticHealthMastery.com. And if you feel inspired to join this program, you can receive 10% off the one-time payment by putting in the coupon code at the checkout page, Human Potential. Again, the coupon for 10% off the one-time payment is Human Potential. So let's jump in today's interview with Josh Trent of Wellness Force. Wellness Force is actually one of my favorite health and wellness podcasts. They bring on incredible guests from all over the world, and Josh is an incredible podcast host, and he's so much more than just the host of his own show. He really has a brilliant mind and a deep, deep inspiration to help people all over the world in creating what he calls a wellness force, and or a force for wellness, and I just really respect him so much, and he 's actually my roommate at the time that i 'm recording this, and we kind of have a dual podcast situation going on here in the house and One day we just realized like why don 't we just interview each other for our podcast because we both have such a powerful message to share, and we both hit so many different angles and twists and turns in our approach to wellness. And this this interview was absolutely incredible. I, I really enjoyed it so much. His passion is absolutely obvious. It's infectious. And the things that we talked about here, we we went in certain territory that I haven't gone into with somebody. Um, up to this point. So I'm really excited to share this interview. I know you're going to get so much out of it. And I really encourage all of you. Don't just listen to my podcast. Go over to Wellness Force and listen to what Josh is doing over there because he's really pioneering some incredible things in the wellness uh, category, in the wellness community. And I really, really encourage all of you to uh, really check him out, check out his work, check out his podcast, subscribe, um, tune in, and get, get this like multi-dimensionality of all the conversations that are going on in the wellness space. So with all that said, I want to uh, invite you into this conversation between me and Josh Trent. Enjoy. Enjoy. Josh Trent is a wellness coach and influencer specializing in wellness technology. He is a top-ranked podcast host of Wellness Force Radio and Fitness Technology and the founder of Wellness Force. With over 13 years in the health and wellness industry, he leads a community discovering physical and emotional intelligence, to help men and women live life well. His work has been featured in major health publications such as Wellness FX, NASM, and FitTech CES, and many, many more. Welcome
0: to the show. Thank you, Ronnie. This is so special. We are sitting here in our cohabitation work zone. This is so awesome, man.
1: Absolutely. And it's been a long time coming, and a lot of people don't realize at this current moment, as this interview is being recorded, we are roommates.
0: We're sitting in the living room. That's amazing. Two podcasters feeding off the same energy.
1: Mm. Pretty unique situation. Pretty
0: awesome, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have you. I've been tuning into your work for a while and your podcast. And I have to say, I think I've said this to you before, but as a fellow podcaster, I think your podcast is absolutely one of the best and not just in our industry, but just one of the best that I've ever heard from your the attention to detail, the type of guests that you bring on, the level of quality that you are committed to, the um, the quality of or I should say the commitment to excellence that you embody it is really a breath of fresh air for me to be around you quite often and then the you know just what you bring in your show
0: is amazing so thank you so much man mm-hmm. i received that too cuz i respect your work as well and i'm so stoked to talk to a new audience you know this these audience members i haven't reached in a while so this will be really special this will be cool
1: awesome yeah i think they're going to love it So the first place to start is where I start with everyone, which is your superhero origin story.
0: Superhero. We all
1: have one, and it's what's led us to where we're at, right? So how did you get into your passion and the work that you do now? Like, what was the, the catalyst or maybe a few catalysts that's led you here?
0: Yeah, it started when I was a kid. I grew up in an environment where the psychological, the physiological tools were not very powerful. And they were passed on from lineage of, of their parents that didn't give them what they needed. So at an early age, I didn't know what it was like to have a home base where I was actually peacefully home. And so the thing that really got me at that age was I didn't know how to manage my anxiety. I didn't know how to manage my nutrition. I didn't know really anything about health and wellness. And to no surprise, flash forward, you know, I graduate high school and I had done athletics in high school and I had gained all this weight. I was almost 280 pounds. And so I got to this point in my life where I didn't know what to do, but I knew something was out there that was bigger and better. And then in my early twenties, I was in a job I hated. Mm -hmm. I was with a girlfriend. I couldn't stand. I was, everything wasn't working. And so there was messages from the universe trying to give me a sign, but I was just like in my crap. Can we cuss on the podcast? Totally. Go for (laughs) it. I was in my shit, right? So, so I'm in my (laughs) shit and I'll never forget this, Ronnie. I was at a party drinking. I'm 21 years old, 280 pounds, did not know anything about health and wellness at all. I slammed down the red party cup. I just had this lightning bolt come through me. And this message said, there's more to life than this. This is not the end all be all of life. I sprinted three miles home, drunk, (laughs) got home, pulled open a laptop. And I think I typed in like, how do I be healthy? Mm. And I started to learn. I started to discover what it was like to know what a good body felt like to know what health and wellness was. Mm. And I got to this point where I sold everything I owned. I moved to Hawaii, the Island of Oahu, and I stayed there for six months. I surfed and I hiked and I fished and I was uh, working out at 24 hour fitness and the fitness manager came up to me and he was like, Hey, I've I've seen you working out. You should think about being a trainer. And I was like, what's a trainer. (laughs) I didn't know what personal training was. And I just found this beautiful path where I was learning about my body. I was learning how to live my life. Well, And I could use that as a catalyst for other people. I mean, I was hooked, bro. I I was in there. And it just got to this point where I I fell in love with it. I fell in love with training and Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the art of teaching the human body how to move properly and how to move safely and like seeing people shed weight. And as they shed the weight, their emotions would grow Mm -hmm. and their heart Mm -hmm. would grow. And I helped people, I helped one woman lose over hundred pounds. Mm, it was wow. a really, really cool experience. So uh, I then learned in my career, which, you know, we can talk about, but I learned that really wellness is what people want. Fitness is a great catalyst. It's where people begin. It's, it's where you started as an athlete. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like when I lost my weight, when I let go of it, it changed everything. And it started to interest me in other aspects of wellness, right? And now combining technology and human emotion and what that really means in our current society, like how many things are basically trying to steal our attention. But then if we're conscious, how many things we can use to elevate our wellness, to help us. So that's, that's kind of my story in a really small bubble, Mm -hmm. even though it's spilling out of the bubble.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's (laughs) beautiful. So um, my mental, emotional, physical wellness, I I've, I've transitioned a lot of my focus from, Being a quote-unquote nutritionist and really focusing on mind-body mastery as an integrative system and a holistic system, right? Like everything within the the human body, our physiology and our biology and our neurology is all a harmonic system and nothing is compartmentalized. So that really speaks a lot to me, like what you're sharing. And it's definitely yeah. very similar to, I guess, my unfolding journey too and my interest in this field. So yeah. um, does, that, does that fit your model of what true wellness is?
0: I think wellness has six big blocks. And then of course, below those, there's many pathways, but mm-hmm. I think it's how we eat, move and sleep. Yep. And I believe it's how we think, feel and act. Mm. It's all six of those. If we're doing those to the best of our ability, we're living a great life. We're living life well, if we're managing those six compartments. Yeah. Um, of course, there's many subdivisions in there, but I think wellness is the balancing. It's not ending. It's ongoing. It's a, yeah. it's a complete and total articulating, moving machine, man. Mm. Wellness is always about balancing. I mm-hmm. think people out there that want to have balance, well, you might have it for a minute. Right, right. But eventually, you're going to have to adjust and course correct. So I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's what my definition of wellness is right now uh, in my career, in my life.
1: Okay, super cool. Yeah. Well, could we um, skim over those six pillars and maybe like um, do a little bullet point on each one of them? Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the eating part for me has always been the ultimate journey. Mm -hmm. The thinking, feeling, and acting is stuff that I'm gravitating towards more now. Um, I think they all, it's interesting, they all feed into one another. There's a guy named Nick Bartolotta that I interviewed on the Wellness Force show, and he talks about the biotensegrity, how everything kind of feeds into one another, Mm -hmm. like a honeycomb, Mm -hmm. like bees Mm -hmm. in a honeycomb. And when one of those six pillars is off, it's going to pull chi, it's going to pull energy from the other pillar. Mm -hmm. So the food one for me has always been a learning curve. And even now, as my stress has gone up as a busy entrepreneur, I'm managing How do I take in my nutrients? What nutrients work best for me? What macros actually fit my stress life? Mm. Like what I'm doing as Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur? Where before, it was easier for me to maybe not eat as much protein. Uh, You know, I was working out differently. And so that eating piece is so pivotal. And I think the thinking and feeling and acting feed directly into the eating. Because if I'm allowing myself to be stressed out and I'm entertaining, indulging Mm -hmm. negative thoughts, and I'm allowing myself to eat foods that are calming the negative thoughts instead of breathing and dealing with the negative thoughts, then food becomes a way to subvert yes. the true emotion that my authentic self is trying to make me feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. the journey for me now. You know, and, and, of course, all of these feed into that, right? So um, the moving piece, I think movement needs to be joy. Too mm. many people are like, oh, I need to go work out. I need to go to the gym. No. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to do anything. Yeah. You get to go move and do what feels good. And I'll tell you, like for me, coming from that childhood of using athletics as a way to get out my anger, like I played football in high school and it was a, it was a way for me to get out my anger, but that wasn't in my move compartment coming from a place of love. It was coming from a place of scratching for an answer. It was coming from a place of, well, how do I get my anger out? Oh, well, if I hit people on the football field, then that's great. Right. Mm. So in a way it was, it was love, I guess, in a side piece, but the The way that I move now is what do I do to change my state? If I'm feeling an emotion that I know is not true, I will go move outside. We have a trail here. So I'll go run the trail. Uh, I'll go to the gym. I'll do something with my friends. I'll take a walk with my friends. So this movement thing, it's this continuum now mm. where I, I just get to always manage it. It's almost like a boat in the ocean, right? So I'm, I'm constantly managing this boat. And how does the movement serve me coming from a place of love? Coming from a place of wanting to care for myself, mm. not anger, mm-hmm. not, te- not, I have to lose weight, so I need to go work out. Yeah. Uh, it's a total mind shift Yeah, there, you Yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And then the next one, sleep. And I'm sure you've talked about it in your show. Actually, so-
1: not as much. We had Sean oh. Stevenson on about uh, 60 episodes ago. Yes. Believe
0: it or not. He's the most peaceful guy. I, I met him yeah. in Austin. Yeah. What a grounding human.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a- yeah and I've seen his evolution, but that's... But just on that tip of, uh, of sleep, and he wrote a great book on sleep. We know, we know about that. And <laughs> But that's smarter. really the only time we've actually talked about it as a really focal point. So, so you definitely have a, a platform to share a little more about that. I think it's super
0: important. You know what? This is where technology really comes into play, Ronnie. The, the Fitbit, the sleep timers, whatever you want to use for tech, it's intuitive to us to know that we need to make changes if we wake up and we're not well-rested. But I think yeah. as we're all competing for just being present from all these mass, mass distractions that come at us, mm-hmm. the bigger deal is as we use technology more and more and more and more, how do we use that same technology to up-level our awareness? How mm-hmm. do we use technology as these little mirrors of mindfulness so that we can approach life in a more balanced way? And I think having a watch that you wear, having a sleep timer that sits by your bed so you know when you're in REM sleep. You know, when you're in deep sleep, there's phases of sleep that we go through and I'm definitely not the sleep master, but we all know when we wake up and we feel like crap from sleeping bad. So I think what's beneficial for me is knowing, Hey, maybe I should be meditating right before bed if I'm having a lot of stress and I can look at my data the next Mm -hmm. day and say, Oh my gosh, I had no REM sleep. I had no quality in my sleep. So how do we use this technology to actually empower me the next day? Uh, It's not going to make you course correct immediately, but over the course of time, you can use whatever device you're using, whatever phone, whatever watch, like to understand yourself. Mm. So you know how you're showing up in the world, right? I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do here? Right. A lot of people focus on tech and they're like, Oh, I have this new device coming out and it's going to change your life. Well, Tell me how it's going to change my life. Mm -hmm. How is it actually going to change my life? You still have to be an active participant in your wellness, in your life, using the mirrors of mindfulness, right? Um, And I think that's the big deal with sleep. It's like we get to treat our body with love and care, and I think technology can help us do that. Um, I use the Fitbit Blaze, which I love the sleep analytics are really awesome because I can look at it on my phone and and use it as a dashboard. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. I can see over the course of a month, you know, how's my deep sleep? Am I actually repairing my body? Uh, Am I I giving my body the the sleep that it deserves? And especially with um, the amount of overworking that I do, I think think it's a really great tool for Mm -hmm. me to take a breath, come back to center and find that through tech. Mm -hmm. I check my phone and my sleep probably probably at least twice a day just to make sure like, okay, should I take a nap now where I'm at with my sleep habits? Mm. So that's eating, moving and sleeping. And that's really like my physical intelligence. How am I being in my physical body with the way that I eat, the way that I sleep and the way that I move from a good place, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then the emotional intelligence is like, we could do an entire show on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. we could do a whole show on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So that, that really kind of creates a creates a, a broad spectrum in which we can measure and 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 identify uh kind of markers in our life that, that allow us to see like am I am I in quote unquote balance or am I in dynamic harmony, right? Like harmony, I like that word because mm-hmm. then it's like this fluctuating, harmonizing kind of thing. It's not static. Like a lot of people I think are looking for balance or looking for a fixed, rigid Kind of idea of, of uh, like a solution, I guess. Like they want they want everything to be fixed in place, so they can just go about what they're already doing. Whether what Everyone they're doing the is good
0: for them or not, everybody wants the template. They want the, template. the magic template that they don't have to manage. Mm-hmm. But we know that doesn't exist. Right. The template is always changing, always evolving, because yeah. hopefully so are we. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You want a template that's going to work in January. You better hope that template doesn't work in December. Right? I mean, let's feel into that for a minute because we cannot take something that is life a continuum with with varying energies mm-hmm. and try to plug in some everlasting template that's going to allow us to show up the same the whole time. Mm. And I think that's why whether we look at technology from eating, moving or sleeping, tracking, I think the cool part about it is that we're seeing a lot of negative forces in the world right now use technology to steal people's attention, right. to make people sedentary, to make people unhealthy and it really fucking upsets me. Mm-hmm. It's really it's a it's a very negative energy in the world. And so I feel like with what I'm doing in my technology exploration, I'm understanding how does this really plug in to uplevel the human condition and fight that negative force out mm-hmm. there? Because it's one thing to, you know, be a, a passive person, like with all this crap that's going on in politics right now, I try to do my best to just not pay attention to it. But when I see these things coming at me in the field that I work in, yeah. that are stealing my energy and stealing and stealing my colleagues energy and just our, our species as a whole, <clears throat> uh, technology has to have people, that are going to fight the good fight to use it in the way that I believe it should be used, which is to make humanity better, to make humanity a better place.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely believe the technology that is destroying the planet can be used to actually save the planet.
0: We can flip it. Yeah, through this conversation, multiplied and mm-hmm. fracks, you know, yeah. all across the world. Yeah, that's what it has to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm, beautiful. Oh, there's a lot of different areas that we could go together. And I know that you have had a particular focus on that topic for wellness technology. You have another show outside of Wellness Force, which is, which is a wellness technology based show as well. What is your, I mean, you kind of gave it to us, but what is your passion for wellness technology in particular? And maybe, maybe, um, Maybe there's alternative or a continued uh, answer to what you already talked about.
0: Yeah, I think the, the other show is Fitness Plus Technology. And on that one, I interview people in the fitness industry, which is this multi-billion dollar industry right. where there's all these health clubs across the planet and they're, they're managing millions of members. And these people that are making software platforms and devices, they're trying to figure out like – How do we manage these people in an effective way and use technology to help them let go of weight or give them more energy or just honestly be healthier in their Mm -hmm. life? And so that's what we explore on that show. And I feel like even though I'm coming at it from a side angle, I'm still adding fuel to the change that we need. I'm still doing something that, uh, it might not be in alignment with my wellness force show 100%, but it comes around to the same path on many different topics because Mm -hmm. that show is... It's really about how the fitness industry is using tech. And on wellness force, I love to explore how tech is upleveling wellness and our physical and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. But in this technology world of fitness, Ronnie, it's, it's crazy out there. There are people that are making devices and they're just making the devices to sell and to profit. Right. And look, we all need to make money. We get to make money in this world to have abundance. Yeah. But there's also integrity that that gets to play in that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so what I see right now is there's so many people that are like, oh, this technology is great and it's going to change the world. Tell me how. Tell Mm -hmm. me how Mm -hmm. it's going to do that. Show me how. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to explore with the Fitness Tech Show. like Mm -hmm. Asking the real questions Mm -hmm. from these uh, large chain heads and these uh, incredibly intelligent manufacturers that I think are missing the human component. Mm -hmm. Technology has to have a human component. If we Mm -hmm. lose that – there is the potential danger of things being corrupted and AI going down a path that we're all aware of. Yes, that we try not to focus on, but mm-hmm. it's the real thing. I mean, the Terminator, without going into conspiracy theory here, yeah. is a legitimate possibility. Absolutely, Elon Musk discusses Absolutely. this. Absolutely, uh, many people. Yep. It, that are very. I've high even I've I,
1: I'm I'm that's a subject that I'm on in my own private time exploring with yeah. many experts and many people in different fields of of a study similar to, to that, like really that's the number one conversation. That's a major concern because there is a consciousness or, or yeah, consciousness issue when it comes to our technology. Like, do we have the maturity to wield great power? Mm. And that's the question I'm constantly asking when people are coming to me with all these different, especially in our, our community, Encinitas, sure. this whole entrepreneurial thing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's so focused on, on the innovation and progress. And, um, sometimes they're missing the mark and like this, this topic of like technology is going to save us. It's kind of like, Ooh, well that could be true or, or the alternative could be true depending on who's wielding and who's pushing the buttons
0: Hundred. and what's their intention. because the only way technology is going to – I don't think it's going to change us. I think it's going to aid us if we allow it. If we allow it. And the only way we'll allow it is if we trust who's the wielder. Right. So if we trust who's the wielder, how does that come into play? Mm. We have to know that it's somebody with our best human collective interest at heart. And I don't think we can know that. Right now, there's a lot of forces at play yeah. that are trying to control data, yeah. big data, and artificial intelligence. And Google has so many programs and the X Prize with Peter Diamandis and so many different programs right now that are in our world that are getting fed billions and billions of dollars, which is not talked about in the normal public eye. And mm-hmm. I think the big deal right now is what are we going to do when these jobs get transferred in, the, in less than 10 years – 30% or more of manual jobs are going to be completely automated. Yeah. So people in restaurants, I think it's going to shake up the fast food industry, which I'm so stoked on. Yeah. I've always been aware of my supreme hatred towards the mm-hmm. fast food industry mm-hmm. for so many different reasons. I don't allow that hatred to control me. I just notice it being there. Yes. And um, I think it's really going to shake up big food. I think it's going to shake up pharma. I think it's going to shake up a lot of things mm-hmm. that need to be shaken mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I mean- it's time, like evolution, consciousness evolution has been happening for quite a bit, but we're at this fulcrum point. Daniel H. Wilson says at some point in time, evolution and technology growth will intersect. Well, that mm-hmm. happened about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the rate of change in technology is so exponential when we, when we compare it to human evolution. We can only evolve so much. Yeah. Our, our DNA and our brains and the way that we digest food and the, the way that we move, eat, and sleep, those basal human needs, they're still the same as they were 10,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the same thing, man. Right. And so we get to respect the beast. We get to respect our spiritual health. And now as technology is coming at us, the worst thing we could do is ignore it. There right. are Luddites that don't want anything to do with tech. People, yeah. people in this community, people in Encinitas don't want anything to do with technology. Yeah. And they want to just ground. and You can spot them out. You can spot them very out. Very clearly. Wear bare feet and, and go yeah. to Swami's and just hang out and get a green juice. But like, that's fine, but yeah. it's coming. So let's, yeah. let's take a breath and realize that there's these three intersecting forces that we get mm. to pay attention to. The beast, the spirit, and the technology. Mm. They're all there, man. Mm-hmm. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Well, I think it
1: comes from, for me, it comes to this core acknowledgement of what is my intention in this life? So I'm placed in this particular time in human history. What am I here to do? What am I here to serve? And what is my unique contribution? Mm. And then if I can align with that and get clear on that, then it doesn't matter to me what modalities that I have to utilize as long as they're in service of the personal and collective vision that I'm I'm exploring within myself in this human incarnation. Mm. So it's like I think intention has so much to do with this conversation. And then and then the appropriate use of whatever of technology, whatever of movement practice, whatever food, nutrition strategy, whatever yeah. the thing that we're all we're constantly outsourcing our attention to to be the thing to like help us. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's an intention deficit disorder in society. <laughs> I love that. Can I steal that? Absolutely. <laughs> That's
0: so good. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah, the intentionality behind everything. Intention trumps technology all day long. Mm. This is what we talked about about 10 minutes ago where we have these manufacturers that are just putting out the tech because the tech is cool. Yeah. What about the reason you have the tech in the first place? Mm. The meaning and the feeling Mm. and the intention behind the electronics or the tech is always going to be the thing that people actually connect to. People don't give a shit if they wear a Fitbit. Do you think anyone listening cares if they really wear a Fitbit? It's because maybe they're open to the possibility Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. exploring their consciousness, exploring how they're showing up in their life, and they want to use technology to help them. Great. But you notice it wasn't about the tech. The tech was just this tool that they fed their intention through.
1: Right. So it had nothing
0: to do with the technology itself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we can just stay on that together uh, as a collective, as a health and wellness industry, like we're going to be okay if right. we can remember that. But if we stray from that Terminator, <laughs> you know, that, well, that's, I mean,
1: yeah. And that's, and, and yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a <laughs> keep going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that's <old> pretty much <laughs> it, right? For sure. Yeah. And, but, it, but again, I think it rounds back to the basic theme is, is what is our intention for why we do anything? Yes. Right. If we can come from that place, then our relationships are going to be incredible. That's mm. one thing, too, when we talk about emotional health. You know me and what my process has been the last few weeks or months with my, my new relationship. And it, what keeps coming back to me is like intention. What's your intention? What's the intention here? And when I place the focus on that, everything's beautiful. Mm. Um, but if I lose track of that, it's chaos. And I find that with other areas of my life as well.
0: I feel like fortification is a term that comes up for me right now, the Mm. fortifying aspect. Typically, we look at fortification and nutrition when they suck the nutrients out and then they have to fortify milk or fortify foods that, you know, essentially, if you left them alone, they'd be okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so when we look at this fortification of our emotional strength, I feel like there's a nice corollary there. Mm. If we can leave our emotions for what they are and actually just connect to our emotions, not mash them down with alcohol and marijuana, and then explore them later when we're all fucked up, why don't we just do it now when it's probably a little bit more painful but so much more true and that's the path that Mm. I'm on, this fortification you're one of those people for me, definitely that helps me fortify Mm. what these explorational things I'm doing in emotion are, Mm. also my community and my podcast, Mm -hmm. my audience I mean, this is who we connect with this is who I connect with, so we're all exploring we're all trying to get stronger we're all trying to get smarter, Yeah. and so my journey right now at 37 years old I never thought I would have been doing this exact thing at 37. If you'd have told me that I would have been like, you know, not married, hosting a podcast, (laughs) right? Uh, Not in fitness, Mm. off the fitness floor, Mm -hmm. and coaching through technology and Skype and digital, I would have said you were crazy. But I've allowed... This intuitiveness to guide me. yeah. And the, the times in my life, Ronnie, where I don't pay attention to fortifying my emotions and to surrounding myself with external frameworks for accountability that help me and hold me and support me, that's when I find that I really fall off the path.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: when I go towards maybe the unhealthy food yeah. or maybe doing something that's not for my greater good. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that sticking in fortification, consciously sticking in fortification – through emotional support of community mm. is the number one mm. thing. Because when we do that, yeah. then we're starting to shift into this physical, into emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and when we're emotionally supported. How much better are we going to do the eating, moving and sleeping? Right. Because everything is that biotinsegrity. Yes. It, it all fits together.
1: One thing translates to another. 100%. Mm. Yeah. That's great. That really, I like that emotional yeah. fortification.
0: Because how else are we going to get it if we allow the disparity to exist? Mm, mm -hmm. I I forget who Mm -hmm. said this quote, but it's one of my favorites, man. Anger is more productive than despair. Totally. So even though you're afraid of exploring your anger, if you're depressed, if you're in despair, give yourself the permission to explore and express the anger. That's the hardest emotional intelligence for people. Mm -hmm. Taking an emotional inventory, man, of like, what's not working? Am I in the wrong relationship? Do I despise my job and that's why I'm overweight? There's clear connections between Mm -hmm. emotional discord and our current environment. I mean, it's a big deal. This is why I connect with you so much because I see you in such integrity in all the things that you do. Mm -hmm. You're speaking, you're writing, and and different things like that, which is why I'm stoked to interview you for Wellness Force. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, I need... People, it is a need. We all need each other. Yeah. But I specifically, because of my upbringing, I need a little bit more fortification than maybe somebody with a different upbringing. And you know what? That's okay. Mm. That's totally okay. Mm-hmm. I think denying the fact that we need each other and denying the fact that we crave and really deserve emotional support—it's Yeah. a—it's it's to deny the fabric of who the hell we are. Ooh. We're wired for tribe, man. Yeah, biochemically. Neurologically, we are wired to be in a tribe. Mm. So I believe that feeds into most likely the feeling piece of the wellness wheel, because when we have that feeling piece, when we feel connected, how many people listening are going through a day where they're like missing their friends and then they see their friends and they get this jolt of, of emotion mm-hmm. and, and serotonin mm-hmm. and, and norepinephrine? That's real. Mm-hmm. That's because you called in that stimuli and now your body's reacting with mm-hmm. all the juiciness that you wanted in the first place. Right. So um, that's the one piece I'm really doing work on. And as I, as I sit here with you, I'm realizing like I am in constant balance of these six things. Mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might be for a week. I'm really focused on nutrition mm-hmm. and then that levels up and then I'll start yeah. focusing on my thoughts. Yeah. You know, how's mm-hmm. the, how's the committee in my head? Right. So I'm always going between these six, these six gaps. Um, I think what's really interesting right now too, in the management of all this is everybody has the phone. So how is, how can we use the phone to bring us back to filling one of these six things? Yeah. Because the phone's going to be there continually. I don't care how holistic you are you're going to use a cell phone, totally. <laughs> right? Absolutely. So, so let's take the phone. Let's put mindfulness applications on the phone. Let's mm-hmm. put meditative applications on the phone. Let's put movement tracking applications on the phone. Um, if you're struggling with your weight and if you're going through an unhealthy dialogue with food and a, a bad relationship with food, let's put some nutrient tracking on the phone too. Like let's do mm-hmm. everything cause it's right there. And then on the other side, let's put a human you can connect with.
1: Mm. So let's stack the odds in our favor for success. The, and it's like so this is like a quantum a quantum mechanics perspective to this conversation of wellness which is stacking the probability factor. So if people that. listening are familiar with quantum theory, it's basically it's based on probabilities. So nature doesn't work on like Facts like there's no fact of nature. There's no there's there's habits and probabilities. So when we can get in alignment with what are the probability that if we do something it's going to be good with, for us, yeah. or we do something it's going to serve us doesn't mean at all times all the time it's going to be. There's a cyclical seasonal nature to things, but there's a probability that if I drink a liter of water in the morning, there's a very high probability that it's most of the time, if not always going to be good for me. Absolutely. There's a probability that for a certain type of person, if they have a tracking device, some kind of measurement modality on their phone that can mm-hmm. track their, uh, maybe a diabetic needs to be tracking their insulin levels and the the reaction of certain foods when they consume it or whatever their fitness, whatever the thing is, draw the example for yourself. There's a high probability for success
0: um, in that arena, I love what you're touching on. What comes up for me is thinking about the work of Gretchen Rubin, and I don't mm. know if you've ever explored. I, I know the name, her work. So she, I interviewed her on the show. What she talks about is the tendency types, uh. and with tendency types, it's self awareness. So how does this plug into wellness? That's well, totally me. Well, what are our <laughs> totally. what, are, what are our thoughts, feelings, and actions? How do we have a relationship with ourself? What is our self awareness? So she has four pieces. It's obliger, questioner. Rebel and Upholder. Yes, I have heard her before. And so these four categories, it's understanding, and I can definitely give you a link for your show notes, like it's understanding who you are at a tendency level, at a behavioral psychology level, Mm. not just, um, you know, I enjoy to go to the beach. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what is your relationship with your own habits in regards to food, in regards to movement? Here's a good example. She talks about abstaining and moderating. Mm. There are some people that cannot have chocolate in their house. Right. And you knew we were going to talk about chocolate at some point, right? (laughs) So so like I can't have chocolate because I know myself. I am a a stainer. I'm an abstainer. I Mm -hmm. can't Mm -hmm. moderate. It's just, I just know that about Mm -hmm. myself. I'm open to that changing in my life. But as I sit here right now, like I am not a moderator. So Mm -hmm. that's my choice. That's Mm -hmm. a conscious choice. And it removes one of those decisions from my my bank account. Mm. And and I'd love to talk and and connect these four tendency types over to the decision fatigue element that Brenda Burchard talks about, because there is a clear connection with knowing ourselves, having a tendency type that we're structured for, and then also plugging that into how is our cognition, how is our decision-making faculty working all day long? I think there's a clear connection there. Mm -hmm. So anyways, taking that test, knowing who you are, and then plugging it into how many decisions do I actually get to make each day? Mm -hmm. You know, It's around 150 based on the data. That's why Steve Jobs wore the same shirt every day. That's why all of us can deal with just committing Mm. and letting go of what's called decision fatigue. Because I'll tell you, with decision fatigue, it's a battle. Yes, It's, am I going to eat this? Am I not? Am I going to go work out? Am I not? Mm. Am I going to be there for my wife like I promised or not? Am I going to buy the green juice or not? It's so exhausting Mm -hmm. (laughs) to go back and forth from decision to decision. That's why... Creating promises, keeping promises for yourself is so powerful. Mm. It's so powerful to keep a promise to yourself. Not only does that benefit your own trust, but then it benefits your decision-making capacity Mm because then you have more decisions to make on hard stuff. Yeah. Especially people that are listening that might have stressful jobs. Look into decision fatigue and how that affects your wellness. And then start thinking, how can I take an inventory of my emotions and the people in my life and start removing the ones that are draining my decision bank? It's a big one because the corollary of who we are and how that relates to our decision making power, I can't think of something more powerful.
1: Mm, I totally agree with that. Decision fatigue is humongous and it's something that we're bombarded with each and every day. We are hit with weapons of mass distraction all all the time and it's, it's an epidemic. It's, it's becoming a huge issue and I know for me, when I have to make a bunch of minute decisions, it is the worst thing ever, and that's why I'm in such a process of like out offboarding all the 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 like editing things and all the little remedial tasks that don't serve my higher priorities but still need to get done. Yeah, I'm outsourcing it to create systems of support that help build everything so I can be in alignment. I can be in my highest values, highest priority actions as much as possible, if not all the time. That's my goal. And so it's requiring a new skill set. And part of that skill set for me as an entrepreneur, and maybe you and other people can can definitely uh, understand this, is I'm learning how to not put out fires in my life. And this isn't just for entrepreneurs. I think this is for everybody. You're a busy mother. You're, you're, you, you fill in the blank. Like, yep. How amazing is it to not put out a fire? Because we're constantly putting out fires left and right. It's like a, it's an addiction. It's like a chronic addiction to putting out fires, which keeps us from actually
0: doing what we really want to do. Let's talk about the addiction to those emotions. Please. I'm sure you followed the work of Gay Hendricks, getting Katie Hendricks. So he talks about in the big leap and on many of his speaking engagements, they're all on YouTube. We become addicted to the adrenaline release of the negative emotions Mm -hmm. and indulging the habitual thinking. But yet the paradox is as we're going down that line of why am I so upset? Why am I in stress? Why am I in discord? It's because you're addicted to how you're feeling. Mm. You're addicted to how you're feeling biochemically to that road of negativity. Now the ego doesn't want to hear that because the ego is going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? I hate being this way. I hate being upset. I hate, I hate, I hate, but that's the fuel. But the hate is the the fuel, right? That's the fuel. Like that's the thing that, that Gay Hendricks talks about is like understanding, taking that inventory of like, why are you going down that road in the first place? Mm. So I believe you know what can snap us out of that? First of all, awareness training, but also the fortification and the community and the changing of the state. We have so many tools, Ronnie, we <laughs> live in such a great time, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have so many things that like my grandpa never had. never. He didn't have like wearables and technology and computers and all that. There was a dogmatic, myopic way of thinking back then, which included a lot of things like, you know, racism and small mindedness and chauvinism and pushing down women's rights. But now all that becomes more aware to mm. everyone. It's harder to hide now in technology land. Mm-hmm. It's harder to be a dick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's harder to go down that road and like explore things that don't really serve you if you're in the public light. That's absolutely so, true. And I feel like we went on this crazy tangent right now, right? But but essentially, I know what we were talking about is this addiction to the negative feelings mm-hmm. and, and some of the ways that we can course correct that. And I just feel like what's made the biggest deal for me in my life— has been being open to new things. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to, and, and no offense to anyone listening, but no matter what camp you address yourself with, right. if there's too much identity yeah. in uh, nutritional camp, uh, whether you're a pescatarian or uh, vegan or 100% raw vegan or whether you're a paleo person, yeah, like, yeah. there's too much of identity wrapped in the way that we eat and the mm-hmm. way that we identify ourselves uh, in a tribe. Yeah. It doesn't lead to us being open. And I would love to see a world where we didn't have labels around the way that we eat. Right. And everybody just ate real food all the time.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I think that would be the most transformational thing. And, you know, I don't know what needs to happen for that. Mm. I I, I think about this stuff all the time. How do we create this massive change that we need in the world? I think it's a piece of everything we've discussed Mm -hmm. all the little tools and all the little part of that wellness wheel. But, I entertain stuff like that all the time and um, I believe it has to be a bigger shift than just you and I talking about it on a podcast, Mm, obviously. mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's probably getting to a point where it's in mass media Mm -hmm. and we're talking about these very fundamental changes, big, scary changes on like Oprah or if Dr. Oz would actually have an integrity piece behind him, then maybe he could talk about it Mm, on his platform, right? Right. So I, I think the change is coming and, I'm just curious, like what role I'm going to play, you know, and I'm, I'm curious with the people that I know, what role are they going to play? I kind of know, I kind of feel what we're all doing, but the path is unclear.
1: The path is unclear and we don't know. And it's, it's an unfoldment, right? It's constantly revealing itself to us. And that kind of gives me, before it could give a lot of people a lot of anxiety when you think about the uncertainty of the future, but then it also gives me a sense of relief to know that it's just revealing itself moment by moment. I don't actually have to try to predict my next 10 action steps based on my fears of the future and to actually reverse that into an into like inverse paranoia, like pro-noia. Where now instead of being paranoid about bad things happening, I can be paranoid about the universe conspiring in my good. And then that's like a way for me to mentally shift that that paranoid kind of yes. anxiety-ridden little little character inside of me that society has created <laughs> and then that way I'm like wow okay oh my gosh like miracles they're everywhere and they are it's um, like literally we are being showered with miracles all the time left and right we're breathing we're i mean just to have gratitude for for our life every morning is such a magnificent shift in um, it's life-changing
0: yeah This is why what I'm currently most excited about right now is exploring the work of Joe Dispenza.
1: Okay. Yeah. I
0: I think that's really what's lighting me up lately. And, and I know that there's probably a big part of uh, my life that I haven't looked at and I'm open to that. I'm open to looking at it, but it's scary. I think the difference is like, I'm just willing to do the damn thing.
1: It's like, let's
0: be willing to open our suitcase and look at what's inside Mm. because there's so many people that are rolling around on a trip and they're like, why are my arms tired? It's because you haven't looked in your suitcase. Like look in your emotional suitcase to see what's in there. And so Dispenza talks about Mm -hmm. that a lot. Like understand that your brain is a biochemical engine that runs on millivolts of electricity, which is dependent on previous behavioral patterns connecting it to this present moment. Mm -hmm. And so we understand that once we dive into that, oh that means that I have control over my thoughts in this moment. Mm -hmm. If I know what's, if I know how something works, if I can discover the intelligence of how something operates, Mm -hmm. then I become more empowered to change it. Right. I can actually change it. I don't have to be a victim to my thoughts. My mom was manic bipolar. So when I was a kid, she did not have really any emotional control. I have this memory. I was like, 11 years old and she was getting carried out of the house on a stretcher. And I was like, what the hell is Mm. going on? You know, like, I didn't know what was happening. And my grandparents at that time were like, oh, your mom's fine. She's just, she's just going to take a nap or something. Right. And I realized that what I needed most then was the truth. Mm. I just needed the truth. I just need somebody to say, Hey, like your mom's not well. And she has this condition and you know, but there's so many things that block people from telling the truth. And I think yeah. the corollary here is like, how do we connect that to how we're living our lives? Like, where are we not speaking about the truth in our mm. lives? And mm-hmm. how does that connect to the way that we're parenting our kids and the way that we're healing the kid inside of all of us? Yeah. Everybody has a petulant child inside mm. of them and, and that petulant child, it either operates our life or we're aware of it and then we give it what it needs and then we operate our lives as adults.
1: That's such a good point. The lack of self honesty, and it's so deep and it's uh it's so sugar coated, and this yeah this reluctance and resistance to just tell the truth and just to look at it like if somebody's overweight like let 's be honest let's be honest about the situation instead of just ignoring it if you have something going on if you're not getting the results that you really want, yes underneath all the excuses and all the coping mechanisms and in, in allowing, or I should say, um, yeah, coping with life and calling it something other than what you really want it to be, mm-hmm. then that means that there's a level of dishonesty that's been going on, and it's 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 not something to be ashamed of. It's just something to be honest about, mm-hmm. right? And that's 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 a brilliant point because it plays into disease. So I mean, it's it's the only reason for disease. Like we've been. We've been deceiving ourselves. Therefore we carry on certain coping habits to medicate the emotion that's trying to tell us, hey, this this something needs to come to the surface. Pay the fuck attention. Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> that's, it's trying to get your attention. It's trying to literally like smack you on the cheek yeah. to get your attention. I mean, what would it
1: take for someone to actually develop a stage four cancer? Like how long? Like just on a just on that note, like just to consider. Like how how much deceptive behavior would have to happen for that to fully manifest?
0: I have known people where when they tell me they had cancer, mm-hmm. I just go, uh, I kinda know why. Right. Because I just know I can feel that discord in them. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it with like a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still this is a great point you make about like how disease can be manifested through emotions that are unprocessed. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. And I feel like the the truth with that is what are the ways that we're not alleviating and releasing our stress right now? Yeah. Like the body's a battery and the battery holds charge, positive or negative. Right. So if we have all these undulating negative emotions that are just keeping us stuck Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Like how do we release that? Mm -hmm. You had an incredible transformation through raw food and real foods. Yeah. Uh, Not everybody does that. Right. Some people find transformation in other ways, Yeah. but the key is you find the transformation.
1: Mm -hmm. You do
0: the damn thing. You're willing to do the work of transformation. Right. So, you know, I guess the way that we're connecting the dots here is like understanding there's the discord inside. That's either addressed or not. Mm -hmm. There's many tools for us to address that. You know, food and spirituality and community and fortification or technology, whatever, whatever we're doing. But if we're addressing it, like if we're actually looking at it, it can be scary, but I think it can be the most empowering and most like vivacious way of living at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not always sexy, man. It's not always sexy to walk a path of transformation and, and try to make change happen in this world or for ourselves. Right. Right. Um, and I know that I know that someone's listening and they're just like, "Yes, I'm in the process of transformation." Uh-huh. And they're there because they're not satisfied with something that they took an honest inventory of. Yeah. Honest inventory is way different than comparison. Comparison is like a thief of our joy. Mm. But when we take an honest inventory, it's like, "Well, I'm not comparing myself. I know within my heart that I want to be somewhere else. I don't want to be like John. I don't want to be like Sandy." I want to be the best version of Josh I can be or best version of Ronnie I can be for that sole purpose, not, not for any other reason. And I believe that that is like the scariest thing, right? Like really looking at that, or at least I'll speak for myself, man.
1: No, I think, I think that's universal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And sole purpose being for me, S O U L like the sole purpose. Yeah. And I feel like what other point is there to being here other than the sole purpose and to get into attunement with what that is. And it doesn't have to. And again, it's like this whole thing about finding your purpose isn't about like immediate gratification. It's about just being on the journey. Like you said, it's brilliant. It's just just doing the darn thing. Whatever the thing is calls you to do, being humble enough to just step into it and just follow it out.
0: Because isn't the mystery why we're here in the first place? No one knows why the hell we're here. Right. That's the funny. <laughs> <laughs> the law of duality is in full force at all times, right? Mm. So, so how does this relate? Uh, I'm either thinking in a thought that's true that's negative or I'm thinking a thought that's true that's positive. Guess what? They're both true at the same exact moment. Mm. So how do we connect with the one we want? I believe it could be that simple. Mm -hmm. Now, the voice in me that says could and not is, is old programming that I'm in the process of getting over. But we know on some level that every decision we make is in our control if we're aware and not triggered by past beliefs and things like that that mm. don't serve us. Mm-hmm. So how this relates to what we're talking about, I think is just this exploration of that sole purpose you mentioned and this exploration of what am I here to do? How can I do it the best I possibly can? And how can I love myself in the process? Mm. How, can I, how can I do all of that? Right. Like how can I do all of that here on planet earth as Alan Watts says, flesh robots spinning in a rock in the middle of outer space. <laughs> like, how do we do that? You know, how, how do we make sense of why we're here and also take everything that's around us and use it to our greater good? I don't know what that looks like all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some people pretend like they do.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. But I think
0: they're full of shit, <laughs> right? I think they're full of shit. I think there's masters out there that you and I respect that mm-hmm. we receive education and enlightenment from. Yeah. And then I think it's so easy now for people to be full of it. Yes. We see a lot of probably co- more easier than ever. We see a lot of coaches. We see a lot of people in the health and wellness space that yeah. are possibly doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. And not to put focus on them, but just to make people aware of that. Like, Trust your gut discernment. Yeah. Trust your intuitive sword, like sharpening our edge. I feel like maybe this whole conversation has been around. How do we sharpen our decision-making edge? Mm. How do we sharpen that? Whether it's about our six pillars or tech or why the hell we're here. Like, how do we sharpen that sword? I I don't think it's a, I don't think it's something we do all at once. Obviously we do it every single day. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes things happen that dull our sword or that chip a piece of our sword And we have to be okay with that.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I have to be okay with that. We all have to be okay continually sharpening, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. the
0: chop wood and carry water is, is real for all of us. I, I, this is funny. I last thing here on this point of like sharpening the the edge, Mm -hmm. I see elderly people and I see some of them that are so beautiful and so loving. I'll never forget this woman I trained when I was a trainer. Um, she was 93 years old and she had the brightest smile all Mm. the time. She had the most beautiful Mm -hmm. spirit. Mm -hmm. And every time she came into the gym, she lit the room up and and she ended up, um, she ended up passing away when I was training her. Mm. And I always felt from her like, wow, we can always choose. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like we can always choose no Mm. matter what our situation is. She had had three husbands. She had like a, a bandage on her shoulder all the time. She was all banged up. Her mm. sort of of decision-making power essentially was chipped and gnarred and all these things. But she was still able to come into a room and choose mm. to be loved, to be connected to other people mm. up until the day she died. We can all do that as long as we're willing to do the work.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you have... You have a statement that you keep in the in the house here saying, if I can breathe, I can choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That is not that really it? Like our breath, it's our only autonomic response we have control over. So I just breathed in and I can feel how just in that one breath, I'm more relaxed. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Whether it's through a headpiece, a muse, or going to a yogi or doing mm-hmm. breathing, however mm-hmm. you want to do it. I know that if I can breathe, I can choose because that has produced the greatest results for me. If I can remember to breathe, Mm -hmm. if I can just remember to breathe in any situation, I'll never forget. I I spoke earlier this year at CES and I felt like I was going to throw up because I was just nervous. It was like this big room of people. And I went in the bathroom and I did box breathing. Uh, Mark Devine talks about this um, warrior breath. Same with Wim Hof, right? Mm -hmm. Hyperoxygenate your body, go into a hypoxic state. And then show up super oxygenated. Mm -hmm. When you're super oxygenated, you are present, you're aware, you're physically there. Um, (laughs) I always get into like the heady stuff. I always get into the science. But emotionally, of course, if I can breathe, I can choose. Like it's tattooed on my body now Mm -hmm. in Italian. So like it's a big deal for me. Everyone's got their own mantra. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got their own soul message. Yeah, Um, But that's mine. Mm. That's what's come through for me this year. Yeah. Thanks for asking me, man.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. 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 That's, that's the, that's really the
0: best way to conclude this. is one of this. the coolest talks we've ever had. Absolutely. And I talk to you all the time. I know.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, of course yeah. it would be now when we know At- that there's thousands of people listening to this right now. <laughs> so... Where can everybody find out about you, your work, and your podcast?
0: Yep. So, Wellness Force Radio on iTunes. Mm -hmm. If I said something around physical or emotional intelligence that sparked your curiosity, reach out to me. I'm josh at wellnessforce.com or check out the podcast. We have a lot of people on there that are interested in what behaviors uplevel this human condition. Yeah. And how we fill those six pillars on this cyclic continuum, right? Mm -hmm. So, this is such a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on the show and- Really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Amazing conversation, and I thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks.